You're listening to an all-new Chasing the Word on Compassion Radio. Good morning. It's Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word series. We're starting a new one this week. And Sandy, I want you to describe for us why we're choosing where we're starting and what the objective will be for this series. Okay. We've decided to do a series on the Psalms of David because the Psalms are beautiful. And selected Psalms. Selected Psalms of David. Not all of them because there's a bunch. All the ones that are attributed to him will be like 75 of the Psalms, which would be a good chunk of the Old Testament. Yeah, we'll be there for a few years, it sounds like. But we wanted to do something that was not just a specific book of the Bible, chapter by chapter, but something that was significant for a lot of people. Still is. And still is. A lot of people love to read the Psalms. They Mm -hmm. just go there in the time of sorrow or joy or all kinds of events of life bring you to the Psalms. And we're pretty safe in just letting the Word speak for itself. You and I could probably do an entire program of doing (laughs) nothing but just reading it and letting you, the listener, soak it in because we're doing the same thing with you. But we will try, in the style we've done over these years, to discuss it, to dialogue Mm -hmm. about it. Both of us have an imagination here, hopefully inspired by the Holy Spirit from time to time, that lets us get behind the characters that wrote these scriptures, their, their experiences that they bring to the table, their offering to God on the altar is something that is of words and of music, and it has a fragrance to it. Everything about the Psalms especially is about giving life and meaning and deep richness to something that could have been just evaporated into history. We never would have known about it. Mm-hmm. But David didn't just write history. In fact, he probably didn't write any history. History was written about him. Mm-hmm. What he wrote about was what happened to him yeah. and what happened with his relationship with God during that history. Yeah, his experience. This is like reading his journal in a lot of ways. In poetic form, yeah. Right, right. He was quite the poet and songwriter. We've chosen to do some selections from the Psalms of David. The first one we're going to do is Psalm 18. And why Psalm 18? Well, it's very significant for me, especially, because about 13 years ago, which many of our listeners may remember if they were listening to Norm back in those days, you had a stroke. Mm -hmm. It was a life-altering event for our whole family. Yeah. You were not expected to live. There was a lot of decisions that I had to make on my own that were terrifying to me because we had always had such a great partnership in making decisions up to that point. But you just weren't able. You had come through the worst of the worst from the stroke and you were beginning the process of healing and recovery. And you were actually on the neuro floor of St. David's Hospital in Austin, Texas. And they were talking about rehab. And it was crazy because it had only been a week Mm. since you had had your stroke. They had been telling me all along, you know, he's going to be here for months. He's not going to get off this floor and all of these things. The reason they were saying that is because a a good chunk of my right side of my brain is gone and it still is. (laughs) There's a void in there that does not contain whatever it contained beforehand. So whatever God has resurrected or planted something new in me since then is not just to make up a deficit, but to grow something fresh and new. And we believe that spiritually speaking, that God had to create a new thing yeah. after what was left over. Right. We're learning every day what those things look yeah. like. <laughs> so. Some days are better than others. <laughs> right. But there was a point when in your recovery or in the, the healing process that you were frightened mm. all the time. Yeah. You didn't like it if I was not in your sight. It wasn't frightening. It was panic. It was panic. Yeah. Yeah. You were having panic attacks very often if I would leave the room for any reason. You would be very upset about it. I would even have people come and stay with you so that I could go home and be with the children for a little bit. But you would be in panic mode 
almost the whole time that I was gone. So in light of that, I was spending a lot of time at the hospital, really begging the Lord for calm and peace for you, because it's a terrible state to be in, that Mm. panic. Not that I minded to be there. I wanted to be there. Mm. But it was just really hard to know that you were so frightened. You had been taken by a therapist into the shower, learning to reuse your left side and all of those things. And so I had been visiting with the social work for the hospital, and they were telling me that you're going to be transferred to rehab. They have a bed, but it's not a private room. So, Sandy, you cannot stay at the Mm. hospital with him. I just looked at her and I said, that's just not going to work for us. He's not going to be able to function if I am not 10 feet away. And she looked at me like, there's nothing I can do. And she said, that's the way it is. And I said, well, then I'm going to have to find another rehab facility for him so that I can stay with him. She was stunned by that. But because our insurance had completely agreed to everything we had asked for, which uh, most of you know how (laughs) how difficult that is. She left the room and I started to feel panic at that Mm. point. A dear friend of ours was there. She had come from out of town to be with us and she was at the hospital with me and she said, hey, this is not time for panic. This is time for prayer. Mm. Let's see where God wants to show up in this. She said, what is the date today? And I said, it's August the 18th. And she said, okay, let's turn to Psalm 18 and just see what God has to say through that. And I thought, well, that's kind of a crazy way to seek God, but I'm game. I'm down for anything. So we went to Psalm 18 and I have to say that God showed up in Psalm 18. The presence of God was so real when we read through the Psalms that I knew God was going to answer in a way that seemed impossible. And I wonder why I don't live like that every day now, why I don't live with that expectation. My heart was to defend you Mm -hmm. and to save you from an enemy that was invading the inside of your body and the inside of your brain, that panic. But I knew I couldn't do it in my own strength. I couldn't do it at all. God showed me through this psalm that I didn't have to do anything, that I didn't have to fight any battle, that I didn't have to raise a finger, but that he was already on it. And as my friend Cindy and I read through Psalm 18, both of us were crying and laughing and worshiping and just resting in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it was a very beautiful thing. And I remember laying across the hospital bed, (laughs) raising my arms to the Lord and saying, God, you are so great. I mean, that's all I could think of, how great God is. And the first verse just says, how I love you, Lord. You are my defender. And that's really all it took. I could have read verse one and known. Context for me is that during this time, of course, I'm not really with you all. No. I'm in and out in a very gray place. And my testimony of those times are that I got to experience those prayers because they were physical. Mm-hmm. You know those emojis and say you can kind of throw at a picture in Instagram or in other social media where you can like do a response, a hit a little button and something will float up through there like hearts yeah. or unicorns or something. Right. How silly that is, mm-hmm. but it gives you a visual expression of what your heart is feeling. Like that was really fun. I like that. Yeah. For me, when those scriptures and when those prayers went up, I could sense that. Mm-hmm. Like snow flowing up from a drift raising up to the sky. And I got to feel God's response to those prayers with the snow of peace descending Mm. in response. So I was there in a way that I don't think I've ever thought I'd ever be when it comes to experiencing the prayers of his people and the power of his word at work. Because he was working on you, not just for me, but for you. Absolutely. And so we together want to start at that place where it was a launching point for us. The power of the Psalms becoming alive for us. 
happened at the place of death for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And therefore, we're at Psalm 18. We're going to read through stanzas at a time, and over the next few weeks, we'll cover this entire psalm and move on to some other ones. Let's get started with it. I'm reading from the Good News Translation. Psalm 18, David's Song of Victory. How I love you, Lord. You are my defender. The Lord is my protector. He is my strong fortress. My God is my protection, and with him, I am safe. He protects me like a shield. He defends me and keeps me safe. I call to the Lord, and he saves me from my enemies. Praise the Lord. The danger of death was all around me. The waves of destruction rolled over me. The danger of death was around me, and the grave set its trap for me. In my trouble, I called to the Lord. I called to my God for help. In his temple, he heard my voice. He listened to my cry for help. Then, and I love this part, (laughs) then the earth trembled and shook. The foundations of the mountains rocked and quivered because God was angry. Mm. Smoke poured out of his nostrils, a consuming flame and burning coals from his mouth. He tore open the sky and came down with a dark cloud under his feet. He flew swiftly on his winged creature. He traveled on the wings of the wind. He covered himself with darkness. Thick clouds full of water surrounded him. Hailstones and flashes of fire came from the lightning before him and broke through the clouds. Then the Lord thundered from the sky, and the voice of the Most High was heard. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies with flashes of lightning. He sent them running. The floor of the ocean was laid bare, and the foundations of the earth were uncovered. When you rebuked your enemies, Lord, and roared at them in anger, the Lord reached down from above and took hold of me. He pulled me out of the deep waters. We're going to stop there for right now because we want to just talk about this part of this scripture. This was so significant for me in that time that you were in the hospital because I felt like there was so much against us Mm. and against you. And when this new thing started happening of the panic attacks, it was so overwhelming because you had done so well up to this point. You had been healing and regaining strength. And and the therapists were saying, yeah, he's going to take a long time, but he's going to recover these things or that thing. And Perhaps. Perhaps. (laughs) No one would make his promises. Yeah. I remember at one point the speech therapist said, well, we'll do what we can, but you know, he's probably not going to be able to speak very well again. Mm. And I was like, that's not... The verdict's still out on that one. Yeah. I said, hey, that's not an option. I can appreciate your expertise, but that's not an option for us because he's in radio. That's his job. He's got to be able to speak, right? And she looked at me like I was nuts, but nonetheless... I felt bold in speaking that. But this time when they were saying, no, Sandy, you can't spend any more time with him. You can't be with him throughout the night and attend to him in that way. I knew that it was really not going to work for you because you just were not able to function very well without me close by. Mm -hmm. That was an enemy to me. That panic that you were experiencing, that great depth of fear and this roadblock of not being able to find a room that was private that I could stay in with you. And it's not that we didn't want to be around other people. That wasn't the issue at all for me. It was that you really needed me there. And I remember when the social work was telling us these things, the look on your face was sheer terror. Hmm. I mean, you just looked like, I I can't do this. It's not going to work. But yet you couldn't verbalize that. So when I read this part of the psalm and saw the links that God was going to to fight the enemy, whether tangible, touchable, perceived, or whatever, it really spoke to me. 
Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. We have a very special giving opportunity for a special offering to the church in Ukraine. And I beg of you, send your best gift today to support the Christian family there. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. The look on your face was sheer terror. Hmm. I mean, you just looked like, I I can't do this. It's not going to work. But yet you couldn't verbalize that. So when I read this part of the psalm and saw the links that God was going to to fight the enemy, whether tangible, touchable, perceived or whatever, it really spoke to me that God would go to such great lengths for me. And for you in that moment that we needed him to. It takes to David's Psalms to speak in the I. You know, so many other of these prayers to God are about God singular and about us plural. David seems to be very much in the moment for what he's experiencing. And many people have said over the years, boy, he sure seems to have an overactive imagination here. <laughs> Is God literally coming down in clouds of thunder and throwing lightning bolts here and there and squashing enemies like bugs? Well, sometimes he does. But most of the time, the battle rages within our soul Yeah. to trust him. I can tell you when you're having a panic attack and your brain is on the fritz, literally, that things are not firing properly, that the fight to heal or to resurrect or whatever is a battle royale. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's as physical and as neurological and as spiritual as anything else could possibly be. It's all happening between your ears. So for those of us who have gone through those kind of life-altering circumstances, heart attack or a stroke or something happening, that it means that every ounce of the energy that your being can have will have to go into this fight. To know that God is that intent on fighting for you and with you is important because we have to imagine a God who can, Mm -hmm. even when all the circumstances say no one can, Mm -hmm. and certainly not an imaginary God. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're in a situation and it just seems like there's one domino after another, just boom, 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 things are happening. Not falling into place, but falling out. (laughs) Falling out, yeah. And you just get exasperated with that. I see that a little bit in this psalm with God. Not that he's exasperated, because I'm not sure that God gets exasperated, but he got angry. Mm. God got angry because of all of these things that were conspiring against his beloved. Mm It said to me, this is upsetting to God, that you are in such a state that is upsetting to you. He didn't want me to be there. He wanted me to know that he was fighting for me and for us and for our family and for our future. David is saying that God had a future and a hope prepared for David. Mm -hmm. 
And the enemy, Saul, at this point, and that's who this is about, yeah. was chasing him from cave to cave, was interrupting all of yeah. that and was throwing wrenches into mm. the framework. David just cried out in his exasperation, mm-hmm. God, what is going on here? And God was like, uh uh-uh, uh, this is yeah. not okay with me. I am really angry about this and I'm going to show up in such a way that everybody's going to know that it was me that fixed this. It seems to me like God is playing a role here, too, like Grand Theater. He can, with just an offhand thought, remove from us, unknown to us, change everything. Sure. And perhaps he does every day. I don't know. But in this circumstance, it's like David is saying, you put me here. Mm -hmm. You set me up. You anointed me. Do something. (laughs) You know, so everything about him is crying out to literally get in the mixer, God, scrap it up and take care of business. Mm -hmm. And God is responding in a way that David can see it, not just that it gets done, but that David knows God showed up. Yeah. And God's saying, sometimes my kids just need to know I'm here. Yeah. I was just thinking that, too. It's like sometimes when you know that there's another person that is being unkind to Mm. your child (laughs) or situation that you find yourself in as a parent that, hey, I got to fix this. This is not going to continue. There's a bully and I'm going to step in. Right. And I think that's kind of, in a sense, what God is doing here. There's a bully here named Saul. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step in because I'm bigger than him. And I'm going to make sure Saul knows that he's not going to mess with my kid. And that David knows that God's taking care of business. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what a song that is to be able to speak it out to God in his face. We talk sometimes about how, oh, I could never talk to God like that. And I've mm-hmm. asked many people, why not? Mm-hmm. If you got David, you're reading his Psalms. He did. Yeah. I think it matters so little what we think we should be praying. It matters a whole lot more what we ought to be praying because it's real. Mm-hmm. And so many people hide behind trying to make perfect prayers, yeah. thinking that God hears the words, not the heart. Psalms, especially the Davidic Psalms here, are flipping that notion on its head. We don't start with perfect words, even though David was a marvelous poet. We start with reality, which is, this is what I'm going through. If you want a different reality, you don't just ignore the one you got. You let God transform it. Hmm. But you don't start somewhere by lying to yourself or lying to God. David certainly was not a liar in his Psalms. He lied to himself later in life and got himself in a whole lot of trouble. But when he's in worship, when he's writing, when the Holy Spirit is interacting with his spirit and they're creating together like they're collaborating on a song, it comes out raw. But it comes out powerful and carrying across multiple languages, centuries, and cultures. Even today, we're reading the psalm saying to ourselves, wow, I need to remember that God is a powerful and consuming God. He will not settle for his children being abused and cast aside. They're his kids. Mm -hmm. And to be reminded of that reality, that truth, is really important, especially at times when we feel like, where's the truth anymore? We live in a world that does nothing but lie. We live in a world where it's all about power. People don't care about people anymore. We feel those things in an age where raw, naked ambition seems to be the rule of the day. Mm -hmm. And God's still calling us back to the truth of these psalms that God has power, but he doesn't have naked ambition. He doesn't need it. He doesn't have anywhere else to go that's up from there on his own strength and power at the expense of others. He made a universe for us at the expense of himself so that we could enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, too, that he just speaks to David where David needs to be spoken to in this psalm. 
when he talks about death was around me, the waves, you know, if you've ever been to the ocean and the waves are just rolling in or and rolling a riptide in or riptide, you. that's scary as all get out. It's just destruction and yeah. it's rolling over you and it's dangerous and feels like a trap. You know, mm-hmm. you're sucked in. And he says, I called to the Lord for help. I called to my God for help. And he was in his temple. He heard my voice mm-hmm. and he listened to my cry for help. And I need that. I need for God in his temple to hear my voice. And my cry for help and to listen to that. Just like our children, Mm -hmm. when they're playing outside in the yard, when we were living in Texas on the 30 acres that we lived on and our older children would be running around playing, sometimes I thought, what if they're like on the other side of the field and I can't hear them? Mm -hmm. You know, so we developed a system. We got whistles for them. Mm -hmm. So they could blow this whistle if they needed help for some reason. And I could hear it. And a big dinner bell to ring for them to come. And I had a dinner bell when they knew to come home. That's how God is with us. He's developed a system of prayer (laughs) that when we cry out to him, when we blow that whistle, when when we need him, he hears it and then he listens. Speaking of God showing up in ways that are unexpected, but we got to see it happen. More than a dozen years ago, our older son was playing along the beach in California on one of those big surf days, doing the normal thing, running back and forth to the water. He wasn't getting in it. The way he was just too big and too close to the shore. But it happened at that one moment where he was near the water, where some other kid's boogie board and their leash on that came around behind his ankles. And they got swept sideways, and that cord went right at back of his legs and flipped him right out. Mm-hmm. And in one second, we saw him go under. The wave crashed on the shore, and he was gone. And I'm frozen. I'm laying on the beach looking at this from like 50 yards away. What can I possibly do in that split second? I'm getting ready to get up. Not two seconds go by, and there's a lifeguard standing between me and him. He was under the water. And he stepped off that shelf, went under a wave, and came up with Cade by the shoulder, lifted him up out of the waters, and turned him around and showed him where the shore was. And the next wave was coming. And he looked at them. You could see him do the finger to the nose thing and say, hold your breath. Boom. And down they went. And the next wave goes over. They come back up again. They're two feet closer to shore. He points at the shore. He looks at him again and says, hold your nose. This is all happening within me getting up and moving 10 feet toward the water. Literally. The third wave rolls over them and crashes on the shore. And the next thing I see, I get down by the water. He takes Cade by the arm and throws him ahead of him up onto the sand and rolls out himself and pulls him out of the water. That lifeguard had not been there five seconds earlier. He literally, as far as we were concerned, appeared out of nowhere. And yet the timing was perfect. Mm -hmm. God is the lifeguard. And he sends those like him. And there's no doubt in my mind, of course, honey, that God enables you to be a lifeguard and to swim in deep waters when I needed you the most. And he's still doing it today in our lives and in people's lives around us. And sometimes he's calling you and I to step in and be collaborating with him to help be a lifeguard for others. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it has to do with this broadcast. We say something that rings a bell and calls people back to hope where something happens where their future is altered because they heard truth. And the truth invaded and fixed something, usually having to do with our inner world, that makes it possible for us to believe in about things on the outside, too. And that's a sacred call for us. We feel so privileged that we are invited oftentimes into sacred places for others. And I don't take that lightly. No, you don't either. And this is where we're going to begin this series. We'll have much more to say over the next weeks about this particular psalm, Psalm 18. We'll continue with more of the stanzas that David's writing about this great encounter of a mighty God who comes to save And we thank you for joining us on this. And join us again tomorrow for the next Compassion Radio. Praise the Lord, for our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord, for the chains that seem to bind you.
serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. Oh, praise him. Praise him. Oh, when you praise. Oh, when you praise him. When you praise. The focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859. Text the word COMPASSION to 53445 or give online at CompassionRadio.com. God bless, and we'll see you tomorrow.